quite simple really, in that everyone who works with the company has just a genuine fascination with super yachts. And basically when you have a lot of people together who are excited about the same thing, I think that's quite powerful um, and work doesn't really feel like work. In terms of kind of inspirational stories, yachting is one of those amazing industries where if you go in at the bottom and you work really, really hard and really consistently, you definitely can climb your way up the ranks to, you know, what is for many people a dream job. Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. So there's a big gap in the market and people are kind of desperately trying to recruit to fill all these new boats and new owners as well who didn't exist pre-pandemic. So if you're interested in getting into the industry, it's probably a good time. It's a fantastic industry for kind of nurturing artisans and artists because I think there are very few industries where people are really prepared to pay top whack for things. In superyachting, people really do pay for the absolute best things and that means that there's a whole generation of craftspeople that have an industry and have an outlet for their very beautiful work. And today's guest is Charlotte Hogarth-Jones, the Features Director of Boat International, an inspiring global authority on the world of super yachts. Thanks ever so much for joining us, Charlotte. Uh, where are you calling from today? I'm in London, where it's not raining for a change. So uh, yeah, thanks for inviting us. Brilliant. Your magazine is such an inspiration for me personally. It's such a high quality wonder, world of wonder, really. So <laughs> yeah, just you. trying to eke your guys' inspiration out for our listeners. Now, Boat International, the magazine and the, the entity, you've, you've got a podcast, um, Boat Briefing. Um, it's taken an inspirational journey itself to navigate into a position to be a, a gl- global leading authority on super yachts. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's inspired the successful journey of, of the Boat International entity? Sure. Um, well, I'd say it's quite simple, really. Um, in that everyone who works with the company has just a genuine fascination with super yachts. So whether that's the kind of latest new concepts or the really sort of beautiful classic old boats. Um, And basically, when you have a lot of people together who are excited about the same thing, I think that's quite powerful. Um, And work doesn't really feel like work. So people want to travel. They want to get to the bottom of the best stories and ask all the the questions that other people who are our readers also want to know. Um, And they want to create the best content possible. So I think that sort of pride and positivity and enthusiasm really does show in what we produce, um, whether it's content, the magazine that you mentioned, online content, events or services that we um, provide. And now we're kind of building on the next step of leveraging this um, expertise and interest to offer products like BoatPro, which is something that we offer. It's the bigger data platform that people can log into and and build their own case studies. Um, And that's, you know, the kind of ultimate source of super yacht insight and uh, information. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the the BoatPro thing. So that's kind of a a more, even more detailed version in a way, is it, of, of your... Your yeah, output. I mean, I think I, I had a note in, in answer to one of your questions later, but essentially it's a huge data platform that lists everything from um, which super yachts are where in the world, how big they are, how much they were sold for, what flag they're flying, and you can use it to answer very specific questions. So if you want to know whether you had as many people in this marina this year as you did last year or how many yachts there are that have helipads over x meters or all sorts of things and we also have a team that can answer you know if you can't quite work out yourself how to what metrics you need to answer your question they can they can help you with it um so yeah that's that's a a tool that we've been working on a lot recently um and is quite different to what any of our competitors are doing really 
Wow, cool. Thank you for explaining that. So um, you must have reported a lot of heroic stories in the maritime space. Um, can you recall one of the most inspirational one of these for our listeners? Okay, I have one, but it's quite a funny one. So I have a more a more serious story if you want a more serious uh, okay, Whichever, or either or both, whichever. Okay. Well, the, 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 the one that appeared first, which I just think is quite funny, is um, I run a, a back page column in the magazine every issue with kind of funny stories and incidents that people have had. And I was once sitting next to this um, older captain at a dinner at a regatta in Thailand, and he was kind of entertaining me with this few stories from his very long and successful career. And he told me that many years ago, they were sailing somewhere quite remote at a time when piracy was really um, rife on this beautiful luxury uh, yacht. And suddenly on the horizon, they could see this big speedboat approaching them, you know, at high speed with guys with bandanas who were heavily armed, who didn't look like they were about to come and ask for a cup of tea. And, you know, they were somewhere so remote that there was no way they were going to get any help before these guys got to the boat. Um, but this guy was so quick thinking that as soon as the pirates approached the boat, he just said, guys, well, thanks so much for coming out and welcoming us. Like, come on board. Come on board. Let me show you around. Like, do you want to see everything? Can we get you some champagne? And kind of plied them with champagne, insisted that they stay for this really fancy kind of Michelin starred lunch, gave them all the merchandise they have on board. You, you often get kind of caps and T-shirts and things that are branded. Um, gave them a whole load of European stuff that they wanted, like beers and Marmite and certain things like that, to the point where by the time they'd had all this, they were so kind of blindsided that I guess they didn't really feel like they could uh, rob the boat. So then they just left. Um, and I thought that was quite an amazing story of kind of quick thinking and, and saving the day. Don't worry, I've made notes of today's top 10 hits of inspiration. Hang on to the end to hear the summary. That is really, that's going to live in my memory, definitely. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, okay. if you want something as a, as a more kind of business case study, um, then an interesting one to look up. There's an influencer who's on um, Instagram called The Yacht Guy, who's quite an interesting story. He was just a, a normal guy kind of living in a, a studio apartment, suddenly became interested in boats after seeing a yacht magazine. Um, and started Instagramming kind of inspirational content. And his account really exploded over a very short period of time. So I looked him up the other day, he's got about 878,000 followers now. Um, so that's just quite a good example of how you can become very visible in the super industry very quickly if you kind of hit on an idea that no one else has, um, has hit on yet. Um, oh. So he's worth taking a look at. Yeah, oh, definitely. Look that one up. He's living my dream, I think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Now, for people who are wanting to start to take an interest in the super yacht arena, um, could you share anything to inspire the next steps into this space? You know, it might be to deepen a particular area of interest or to become a yacht owner if they've got the means or maybe via employment in the yachting industry. Sure. Um, well, I'm happy to take all of those separately because they're quite separate routes that you'd have to follow. Um so if you're the first thing you said, I think, was to deepen a particular area of interest, um, I'd just say read. There's um, you can read company blogs on specific subjects that you want to learn about. Uh, you can read industry reports and case studies. There are a lot of them in our industry kind of floating around. Uh, you can read LinkedIn posts and obviously read Boat. Um, and you'll find kind of more up to date news on our website and sort of longer deep dives into things in the magazines and specials. 
Um, and I'd also say, don't be afraid to reach out to people. It's actually a very small industry. So if there's something really niche that you think, oh, I'd really like to know more about that, don't be afraid to look up who's behind it, drop them an email. You know, I would really hope, uh, and I'm sure that you would find them responsive and helpful, um, but don't email them around September because that's Monaco Yacht Show and you definitely won't hear from them then. And then as a potential yacht owner, in theory, you should have people falling over themselves to help you, uh, depending on how big a boat you're thinking of. Um, but having said that, there's been quite a sudden influx of new owners or sort of potential new owners into the market since COVID. There's been a big influx of kind of new buyers. Um, so I'd say if you want to be taken seriously, I'd make sure you work out your budget first before making any inquiries. Um, and this is absolutely not just how big a boat can you afford. It's all the things like the fuel, the running costs, the crew costs, the amount of downtime um, the boat might have if you're not able to charter it for as long as you'd liked, how much time you actually want to devote to the running of the boat and the build of the boat and that kind of thing. And all of those things are really key factors um, to kind of work out before you start shopping around. And if you've thought about them properly, then people will recognise it and they'll, they'll know that you're serious. And then lastly, you mentioned employment, which is actually a really interesting one. It's a bit of a, a hot topic at the moment because there's a real lack of good crew at the moment. Um, following the pandemic, lots of um, South Africans and uh, Australians, many of whom were yacht crew, obviously went home and then either couldn't or decided not to return. So there's a big kind of big gap in the market um, and people are kind of desperately trying to recruit to fill these new boats and new owners as well who didn't exist pre-pandemic. Um, so if you're interested in getting into the industry, it's probably a good time. I'd say uh, the first thing to do is to get your basic qualifications. So there are a few kind of entry level certificates for things like food hygiene and safety and things, and they cost a bit of money to get. But without them, you're really not going to go very far because most of these agencies won't take people on board that don't have them. And I think that they know that if you've made the upfront investment to get these, you know, get these professional qualifications, then they treat you more seriously than if you're just rocking up with nothing. Um, I'd also say use social media a lot um, because boat shows and things like that aren't happening, or at least not as many of them are as happening pre-pandemic. Um, loads of crew told me and crew recruiters that LinkedIn, Facebook, WhatsApp groups, there's a, an app called Yacht Spots, which is a bit like a kind of LinkedIn for yacht jobs. Jobs appear on all these sites really regularly. And actually, sometimes some of the crew recruitment agencies were telling me people were getting hired online quicker than they could look through the CVs and email the relevant people. So that's quite a direct route to, to getting onto boats, really. Um, and then the last thing I'd say with that is be prepared to start at the bottom, because in terms of kind of inspirational stories, yachting is one of those amazing industries where if you go in at the bottom and you work really, really hard and really consistently, you definitely can climb your way up the ranks to, you know, what is for many people a dream job. But having said that, you know, you do have to work your way up. And I think, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Below Deck on Netflix, which has been mega popular. And I think sometimes that gives people a kind of idealised image that you swan into yachting. And it's really not like that at all. If you're working on the boats, it's very hard work. And you tend to find that the people that kind of put in the shift and work hard and express an interest in learning more and, and going on to other things really do kind of progress. Um, but, yeah, you do have to start somewhere. And sometimes that's not the most exciting, exciting job on the boat. Now, that's a real opportunity for people if the the to know that that gap is in the market for employment and um 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You wouldn't have known. I, I didn't see on the yeah, news at all. Okay. So uh, now your audience for Boat International includes a wide range of people, from super yacht owners to suppliers to the yacht industry, right through to just super yacht admirers like myself. Um, are there any common themes of inspiration across all these different backgrounds? In particular, anything that might have brought people together. Well, I would. I had to think about this, and really, I'd say it's the love of the ocean. Um, so, of course, that's people enjoy it in different ways. So, for some people, that might be an enormous motor yacht with a jet ski and an electric surfboard, and they're having kind of an amazing cocktail served up by their crew on the back of the on deck. Um, or for some people, that's like a racing yacht and going really fast and, and beating their times in regattas. And for some people, it's a kind of calmer, quieter appreciation. But I think what everyone has in common is a is a love of and appreciation of the sea. Um, and the other thing I'd add to that is also just an appreciation of really beautifully made objects. Like these these boats really are works of art and the things on them are beautifully crafted and, and made in a way that I think people who haven't been on board them don't necessarily appreciate. Um, but I think that people, there's a lot of respect for the boats and what's on them. And I think that unites people, whether it's the people working in the yards or the people spending time on board, that's something they all uh, all have a shared love of. Yeah, and I can understand what you say about that beauty. I actually ended up doing a, a month at Lowestoft International Boat Building College. It was like kind of a, a pretty, you know, the the joinery of of older style crafts. Uh, it turns out I'm not cut out to be a pre- precision joiner, so it wasn't really for me. <laughs> but it was just that the beauty of the woodwork and some of the like brass work uh, is just yeah amazing in in that space uh, in the yachting space yeah. so uh, i mean it's a, it's a fantastic industry for kind of nurturing artisans and artists because I, I think there are very few industries where people are really prepared to pay top whack for things mostly people want things quicker they want things cheaper even in luxury hotels and things they're expanding very rapidly they're quite prepared to cut some corners if it still looks okay to the naked eye whereas in super yachting people really do pay for the absolute best things. And that means that there's a whole generation of craftspeople that have an industry and have an outlet um, for their very beautiful work. Wow, that is, that, yeah, that's an inspiration. Yeah, thank you. Now with your digital portfolio at Boy International, um, you deliver a daily fix of inspiration in a number of areas such as news, res- reports, design, lifestyle and international locations. Can you tell us a bit more on your how your strategy to inspire works across these various topics sure um well i think you'll probably know this as, as well as i do that uh like most journalism what we really try and do is to bring out the, the story behind all these things so if there's an amazing new sunlander that's been made for a super yacht we're going to be asking who designed it how did they become a designer where did they find the materials from what's special about them perhaps it's the only sunlander in the world that's ever been made from this material Um, So we really try and dig deep into things. Um, And I think with a lot of online content and social media and things, we've got very used to getting the headlines instantly, which is great and serves a purpose. Um, But we're always looking to go one step beyond that and say, actually, what's the really exciting thing here? Um, That's why people should really care about it and uh, what why they won't find those answers anywhere else, really. Um, But in terms of strategy, I'd say you also have to play to the medium a bit. Um, So some images that work really well in print don't have quite the same impact online. Or the person who's scrolling through Instagram is going to want something very different, really, 
to people who are kind of reading through our boat pro data reports. So we always try and think really carefully about who we're speaking to and what they want from that platform and tailor things very specifically, um, specifically to those things, which is quite basic, really, all of that. But it can be forgotten when you're um, when you're doing a number of different things. Yeah, yeah. I like that looking Yeah, a little bit deeper and maybe yeah, seeing there might be even be a story, you know, a bit more of a story behind some of the provenance of of the some of the products or the the sun lounger or whatever it is you know it it just adds a bit more depth doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely and you you sometimes find the most surprising things when you're kind of pushing for these questions um it's always worth kind of delving a bit beyond what you uh, are given at face value i think yeah thanks now my personal favorite thing in your magazines is just like the sheer elegant beauty of the super yachts can you tell us anything about the most inspiring designs you've seen? Sure. Um, well, I was thinking it's hard to single any of them out and I might not make too many friends if I pick out too many favourites. Um, a really good place to start, actually, I wanted to mention our, our World Super Yacht Awards, um, which take place in September in Monaco. And we also have the Design and in- Innovation Awards, um, which are going to be announced in July this year. They're both, you know, hundreds of boats are whittled down to these ones that are the award winners. So they're all beautiful. Um, And if you like looking at that kind of stuff, it's just a treasure trove of amazing boats um, and all very different, which is always exciting. Um, But if I had to pick one, I'd say one of my recent favourites was Lurson's 150 metre Apple, which was formerly called Project Enzo. Um, It's on our site if you want to take a look at it. But it's it's got these kind of lines running throughout the the six decks in black and white. So it looks a lot like a kind of sports car and it's a very clever visual trick to kind of streamline it. So that's very cool and and very clever, I think. Um, But in general, what the best designs seem to have in common, uh, especially if you're kind of interested in going into this field, is the sort of boldness of concept. So whether they've decided to do a boat with loads of glass or something that's really old school Hollywood style, kind of very glamorous and retro or something that's just looking at really beautiful wood and celebrating it. They all kind of take an idea and really push it to its absolute limits. They kind of don't, there's no compromises in what they're trying to do. Um, So that's worth bearing in mind. Um, But it's a very, it's a very hard job being a designer. And I always think they get less appreciation than they, than they should because you know, they have to design new things, better things, different things to anyone else. And they often have very demanding clients. And then if you think about the environment that they're designing for, you know, these boats are going to ever, ever um, punishing places. People are going to the Northwest Passage and Alaska and Papua New Guinea. So they have to be able to stand the test of these quite harsh environmental conditions as well. So it's a very difficult job to do well. And I, I take my hat off to anyone that is able to do it. Yeah, no, thanks for that. My crazy dream is some kind of, uh, might exist already, I don't know, a combination between a a giant sailing super yacht. I I found one, like a multiple mastered one that's a bit like a clipper. There was one called Black Pearl Mm. uh, I found that was quite beautiful. But when that gets foils, so it can foil. Now that is, that is... Yeah, that is my dream super yacht. That, that if I get the means, that's the one I'm gonna gonna create. <laughs> well, I'm saving up for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, there are new things coming out all the time. It's quite hard almost to to keep on top of what's what's out there because but there's a big difference between coming up with concepts, which are these kind of crazy ideas people release that look very impressive and actually making them work on the water. And for me, that's the exciting part when you when you see a concept and you think, oh, that's never going to be anything. And then you see it in, in practice and you think, wow, that that's really made the leap into reality. Yeah. Yeah. Now, thanks for that. And there's many new innovations uh, in the race to make more environmentally friendly super yachts. Can you tell us one of the most inspiring developments in that space? Sure. Um, well, one to watch is a concept by the Italian yard Balietto. Um, so they claim to be making a hybrid seawater powered yacht that's going to la- launch in 2025 with a fully functional prototype launching this year. Um, so sounds crazy, but the technology works by using a propulsion that involves the implementation of a hydrogen production module that uses filtered and deionized seawater and produces hydrogen through a system of electrolyzers. So the electrolyzers are primarily powered by energy from other renewable sources like solar panels or batteries uh, with the aim of producing as much green hydrogen as possible. So that's certainly an inspiring idea. Um, yeah, they, they say that that's going to launch in 2025. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, one of these um, things could totally take over, you know, even end up with cargo ships if the technology is proven to work. Yeah. Yeah, actually some of these um some of these commercial vessels are quite far ahead more so than you might think. We did a piece a while back about AI technology on board and and how that was kind of developing and some of the commercial ships were actually kind of already testing that out and and trialing that and using it in certain instances. Um, it's definitely not the case that super yachts are kind of light years ahead of uh, the others in the field. Um, Lursen, there's a big builder called Lursen. They're also experimenting with um, fuel cell technology. But if people are commissioning boats now, really the best option is diesel electric uh, if you want to kind of keep your impact to a minimum. So, you know, fully electric large super yachts are still a bit of a fantasy, um, but you can certainly shave down your impact by installing a battery bank and electric motors, which combine diesel generators um, with, with the other systems. So a, a really recent example of this and also a beautiful boat, if you're looking for beautiful boats, um, was um, the 80 meter artifact. And that combines batteries and diesel and solar and kind of optimizes all those different systems to make sure there's no wastage. So that's a very clever boat. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've created a great community with your sister publication, Doc Walk, which is specifically for yacht captains and crew covering different issues which might affect them. Can you comment on the special qualities it takes to succeed either as a yacht captain or a crew member? Well, I've just realised there's something I hadn't thought of, which I say is definitely patience, actually. <laughs> it's, it's a really hard job. Um, again, a, a huge respect for anyone that manages to do that. It's often very long hours and very changeable schedules. You know, the pandemic has been particularly brutal for a lot of people who were maybe trapped away from family or not not trapped, but, you know, they were at sea longer than they'd have liked or their schedules had to be very flexible to accommodate their their guests during the pandemic. Um, But the one thing, having met quite a few, you know, captains and and top-level crew, they're always so professional. Like, you meet them and they're so professional they take their jobs very, very seriously. It's not, you know, a fun holiday for them. They really are are very diligent and serious about what they do. And they're very hardworking. Um, and I think the captains in particular, 
they always have this amazing kind of aura of calm around them. They're they were very calm and very clear. Um, because at the end of the day, if someone's kind of leading a whole boat and a crew, that's really the the um, characteristics that any leader would have, which is they know how to inspire people, they know how to listen and to make sure that people feel listened to, um, and and they know how to direct people, including owners who don't always like taking orders from other people. They're not necessarily used to that, um, but yeah, good captains know how to. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic that where the captain. Uh, is a different person to the owner, you know. Of course, yeah. it is, is that that's often going to be the case, but it's yeah a dynamic I've well, not really encountered. Have be, um, they have to be very careful because their professional reputation is on the line. So, if an owner say asks them to do something dangerous or asks them to do something that they don't think is a good idea, if they go ahead with it and then the boat hits, you know, runs aground and they lose their job. No one will want to hire them ever again and their insurance will spike and things like that. So they have to, yeah, they they have to do what's safe and what's right for the boat, regardless of who's on board. And then not everyone's always understanding that you can't, you know, mother nature is at play when you're on board. So people have these amazing itineraries and trips they want to go on and they don't always understand that actually you can't go to the place you plan to go to today because the ice has moved or because the wind's not right or whatever. Um, but that's the reality of what the people working on these boats have to have to juggle with and have to break the news off. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, a wonderful insight into a, a different world. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And this super yacht arena is truly a place where dreams are made possible, particularly by the yacht owners with a vision and the means to back it. Can you share any success tips that you've observed on how your owners go about making that difficult transition from, you know, maybe just a concept idea to to making it really true, a real thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, firstly, lots of them are workaholics. I don't think I've ever interviewed anyone that hasn't at one stage been answering emails at the same time. They they love to work and they work a lot, mostly. Um, but they do seem to have this incredible and I, I think very inspirational um ability to move from the initial ideas of things, things that sometimes seem impossible and crazy and and, and it can't be done, and actually make them happen. And I think a lot of this is is purely persistence. Like when I was speaking to an owner um, before Christmas, he's done some amazing exploration, all kind of complete world firsts, really incredible stuff. And he used the phrase, and I thought, I've got to remember this. He used the phrase, oh, we just work the problem. And so that's what I mean. They don't see problems as roadblocks. They just see them as things to work around. So if the piece of equipment they need simply doesn't exist, they just think, well, can I build it? Can someone else build it? Can we can we come up with some way of creating it out of thin air? Or, you know, if um, if having a yard build their dream boat is too expensive, they don't stop there. They think, OK, well, maybe I can build my own yard or maybe I can, you know, maybe I can get my own team and recruit them from different places. And Obviously, some of those things mentioned are, are a lot easier if you have the, the finances and the resources to do it. But it's also this mindset of, you know, problems that occur. It's just, well, what can we do to work around that rather than, oh, that's a shame. Never mind. We won't do it. Um, so I'd say that's what they have in common. And that's what allows them to do these incredible things is their incredibly positive mindset. Um, and a very open perspective that nothing is, yeah, nothing is impossible. It's just a question of how you're going to do it. Yeah, and on my fledgling entrepreneurial journey, I'm, I'm, yeah, definitely picking that up as one of the big, big takeaways. This ability to, you know, absorb and 
move with to the challenges rather than just throwing the toys out of the pram with the problem and, <laughs> and giving up is, yeah. is I think quite a, a key to successful people in the yeah thank you I know you've shared one funny story but do you have any any other funny stories that you've come across that you, you can share with listeners loads yachting yachting is a hub for very funny stories that they're they're everywhere you go um I mentioned we have this this column in the magazine that's got a kind of funny story every issue and we illustrate it. Um, and my favourite one is a story of inspirational laziness, if you like. Someone was um, someone was telling me there was a stewardess on, on board their boat and the, the captain came to them one day and said, you know, we really have to let go of her. She's no good. She's really lazy. And he said, well, you know, she seems all right. What, what do you mean? And he said, well, she just she doesn't do anything properly. She's, she's not good. And he sort of said, well, I'm going to see this for myself, you know, because I think she's all right. So one night when he was supposed to be going off the boat for dinner, he he stayed on board and kind of watched through a window. And he saw that instead of hoovering the carpet, which they're supposed to do kind of every day to keep it nice, she had just grabbed the stick end of it, like detached it from the hoover and was just dragging it to make the lines. So it looked as if it was too hoovered because it was too heavy. And I did think that was like, yeah. That's working around a problem. You don't want to carry a hoover. You can just use the end of it. But I don't think it panned out brilliantly for her because I think she had to, to leave the boat. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I've never I tried that, that, but uh, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't achieve anything other than making someone think you've hoovered. So if that's your goal, then that's what you can do. But it's interesting using that term inspirational laziness. That's my mind was going off on all different places because, you know, I'm trying to scoop as much inspiration from different and unusual places as, as possible, but I'd not, <laughs> I'd not thought of laziness somehow <laughs> as as inspiration. I'm not sure if it yeah, is. I'm not sure it's the best to go down. I don't think it gets very far. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> and now it's time for quick fire inspiration. Could you tell us either one of your most inspiring films or one from uh, your group of of colleagues uh, at Boat International, one of your most inspiring films? Yeah, well, I've, I think I've got a good one for this, which I think is, is a really inspiring one for anyone to watch. Is um, There's a documentary called Maiden, um, which is about this lady, Tracy Edwards, um, who sort of formed the first all-woman crew um, to race the Whitbread Round the World race back in 1989 and 1990. It's, it's a really brilliant watch. Um Basically, everyone kind of laughed them out of the house and none of them were very experienced. And she really cobbled together this crew and they did incredibly well. Uh, but it did make me cry. It's quite emotional. So maybe, maybe one to grab a box of tissues and a thing of popcorn. But that's, yeah, that's a very inspirational story of people um, kind of pushing themselves to do very well at something that other people told them they couldn't. Thanks for that. Um, one of your most inspiring uh, maritime books I did. I struggled a bit here because I think mostly they're about either going mad or sinking or drowning. There's there's lots of good maritime books. I wouldn't say they're all that inspirational, um, but it, it's not super yachty. But there's a, a classic book. I'm sure you know it by Jerome K. Jerome called Three Men in a Boat. And that's just a kind of lighthearted classic. Uh, yeah, it always makes me want to be on the water. Or there's also everyone knows um, The Wind in the Willows and Mr. Toad says to Ratty. Uh, or Ratty says to Mole, believe me, my young friend, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, half so much worth doing as simply messing about in boats. Oh, so, beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Nice yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And yeah, one of your most inspiring songs, I was trying to tailor it to the maritime space, maybe, I don't know, among yacht crews, which I've not really frequented that space. Any, anything you can tell us on the song front? I mean, again, I feel like I was clutching at straws here. I've had, I have heard people listen to I'm on a Boat, which is that classic rap song. You can see it on YouTube. There's a music video of people on a boat. I think that's probably the best we're going to no, get. No, don't worry. No, I'm, I was pushing it a bit there. And maybe you've already mentioned it, Gus, but I, I thought when I was writing the question down, but the most inspiring aspect of nature encountered in the super yacht world. Well, you do just, I mean, especially these kind of explorer yachts, they do get really up close and personal with some amazing wildlife. And th- those are some of the most incredible stories I've heard of. Like I did a, a story not that long ago with um, wildlife photographers who had been on super yachts to take things. And there was a guy telling me he was, you know, a, a meter away from a bear and he could feel the breath on his face. Or there are stories of owners kind of jumping off their boats onto pebbly beaches and finding out actually that they're seals or whatever. And they're kind of silly, but there are some amazing, amazing stories of people swimming with pods of dolphins, wildlife coming up to the boat, interacting with guests. And I think that's definitely um, one of the one of the sort of more breathtaking things you can do if you have a boat is to kind of go somewhere really amazing and experience all that nature has to offer. Yeah. And just that, you know, in my mind, I can just see the pebbly beach but you're not approaching it from the train station you're approaching it <laughs> from from your own boat that you've just sailed up to it on I and mean, yeah it, it's yeah it's amazing thank you and uh the last quick fire inspiration uh most inspiring aspect of the travel itself on super yachts well i mean there's obviously the, there's you know it is glamorous and and you, there's no doubt that you're traveling in style when you're traveling on board a super yacht but i was actually going to say um, some of these more adventurous boats come with tenders, like little kind of side boats that you can get in to go on land. But some of them are incredible. These kind of Zodiac tenders can lead you to really rugged beaches, really out of the way, remote places. So that's real exploration when you, you use your, your yacht to go somewhere really remote in the world, but then take these tenders to go to really uh, inhospitable places and have a look around. So, um, yeah, they're definitely opening up the possibilities for what what you can do. Uh, and as opposed to being on a helicopter or, you know, using a drone or something, you're obviously then getting there physically yourself to look around, which is exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's great. And then just so that, if you don't mind, a tiny bit about you yourself, could you share a little bit more about your own personal inspirations on your journey within the, the super yacht industry? Anything that inspired you along? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question. So I kind of grew up sailing when I was younger, um, but very much sailing rather than motorboats and meeting people in the industry. Everyone has a fascinating story. You know, I never get bored of speaking to whether it's designers or owners or people working on board. You're never kind of short of, of inspiration. Um, I, I find the people making things very interesting. Like I, I said before, when you see the the level of detail and just the the true sort of uh, mastership of of what they're doing, um, that's incredible. And I really admire that kind of dedication to doing things beautifully. Um, and likewise, I find the captains very interesting people. Many of them, if you if you sit next to an older captain at dinner, I always love that because they they always have some interesting stories to tell. Um, and they're normally quite blasé about what I would consider quite amazing things they've uh, seen and experienced. Um, but honestly, it, it's an industry where um, everyone is is it's a very it's a very inspirational set of people. I think 
Um, and anyone you meet who works in super yachting has an interesting story behind them. Yeah, yeah. I really do need to start making subscribing to your magazine is kind of my even though i've wanted to get be more involved that's sinful we'll see you don't already subscribe oh, oh, no, 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 no i have no no i know i have subscribed i'm saying that was my first even though i've dreamed of having a boat for years i thought i need to actually take some even if it's a tiniest bit of practical action and it was subscribing to your magazine was my first step but i need to to plan the next one <laughs> the next step oh, People work their way up, you know, like people buy small boats and then they get slightly bigger, slightly bigger. I interviewed an owner um, last year, I think, called Andy Scott. Um, he's a fascinating guy, is now restoring a really uh, lovely boat. And he was saying at university, he was living on a tiny boat that was so small. If he invited people back for drinks to his boat, he'd have to say, OK, if you want to come, though, you have to lie down because it was that it was that uh, shallow and, and small um people do yeah recently there have been people going in and buying these huge boats having never really owned them before but a lot of people start with very small boats and it doesn't have to be a, a big boat to enjoy it and to experience the yachting lifestyle too yeah you can get on the water well i'm hoping i can with my little 3d virtual tour business i'm hoping to capture a few few yachts um you know for sale and things like that so that is a kind of another hidden <laughs> ulterior method yeah. i'm using but uh, anyway enough about me what is on um the most in inspiring thing on the horizon within the super yacht world i think the um the eco-friendly technology is definitely something to to look out for you know there, there are lots of different routes that are being pursued at the moment whether that's kind of alternative fuels or solar or hydrogen propulsion they're all developing a pace um, and it will be really great to see some of these sort of more ambitious plans coming to fruition and to see which one ends up being the most readily adopted and the most practical um, but it's great that people are embracing that wholeheartedly and putting work into making that uh, a reality yeah thanks and and for boat international itself what what is anything in the pipeline yeah, always lots of things in the pipeline. It's um, it's a strange time for us as it is lots of people because we're a, we're an organisation that's used to travelling and used to travel. And at the moment, that's sort of up in the air in, in a lot of places. Um, but as always, we're going to continue kind of bringing our readers the best stories, finding the most exciting owners, captains and crew to speak to, the most ambitious boats and talented designers out there and, and hearing what they have to say. Um, but we're also expanding a whole range of services and live events, most of which I can't really talk about. Um, but one thing I'd love to mention is Boat Pro. I think I touched on it in the beginning. In terms of kind of having inspirational ideas in the super industry and, and wanting to look a bit further, it really is an incredible platform to enable you to um, answer certain questions to gather data if you're pitching business ideas and things having these stats behind you is only going to be a good thing and having a bit more knowledge about what it is you're trying to go whether that's new products or services you're offering or whatever um, it's a really useful tool um, and of course I'd be amiss if I didn't shamelessly plug our own podcast at the end of yours we do the the boat briefing podcast um, which comes out every week like yours, it's on Apple and Spotify. Um, and every week that has news, it has a, a data report on a specific aspect, whether that's sales or different types of yachts or places in the world. And then we have uh, an interview with someone, whether it's an owner or an explorer or someone inspirational. Um, so yeah, check that out. 
Yeah, because you've—I mean—you've got such good contacts. I mean, basically, the best—you're the best connected people in the soupy world, really. And uh, so you've got, uh, yeah, I'm sure your podcast is gonna. I mean, you've got sixty episodes or so so far, haven't you? But I'm sure it's just gonna go from strength yeah, to strength. Yeah, losing count. You know, it's it's in the it's it's doing very well, and it's um it's very exciting that people are as interested. Uh, in talking about and listening to the kind of things that we are yeah we get lots of emails in and stuff which is really great but yeah definitely give it a listen and you can see what you make of us yeah yeah no well i'll put the link in the in the show notes and of course i mean in the podcasting world i've heard they do believe it's going to grow even though it's not brand new because it's just people as they get used you can do it while you're cooking you know you it's Mm. either to watch youtube or to read a book you've got to stop but you know with a podcast you can absorb on the go so yeah they can get the boat in fix wherever they are yeah yeah it's um i think hopefully it's a good mix of sort of industry news and a bit of kind of banter so uh hopefully that makes for entertaining listening i think it does brilliant well and i will finish with that question we weren't so sure about if that's okay because i I think you you thought you might be able to answer what is most right in the super yacht world well i think I'll, i'll come back to what i said earlier which is really just the fact that I think it's hugely overlooked how much the superior industry contributes to artisanship and craft and things that are being forgotten and, uh, you know, not utilised in other industries. So lots of, like you were saying, kind of incredibly ornate woodworking and there are people doing really interesting new things like there's an aluminium artist over in the States who's making aluminium that's kind of matte and looks like it's painted and looks like it's ceramic and super yachts have big budgets which is actually really liberating for lots of artists and artisans because it allows them to play with different techniques and different materials and to experiment and to do things that are bolder and crazier than than they would really be allowed to anywhere else um and i think that's one of the really good things about it that that it's um yeah it's funding a whole load of really beautiful beautiful craftsmanship um and and it's nice that those skills aren't being lost. Yeah, that is beautiful. It's a kind of paradox where, the, you know, the reason that those things don't exist in a, a lot of other places in the world is money, you know, people trying to fairly, you know, make the, their own profit or whatever they need to do. But it's the place where the money is plentiful that allows this, yeah, this this to thrive. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of paradox. But yeah, thank you. Uh, making it sound um, easier than it is, you know, I'm sure these people have uh, have deadlines and, and budgets to work to like everyone else. But I do think that because of this owner mentality of being quite open to different things and and wanting the best of the best, that allows lots of people to produce what they want to produce rather than kind of scaled down half pint versions of uh, of what they do best. Yeah, yeah, it's like the old architecture. Yeah, now thank you so yeah, much exactly. for that. Well, that's that's been brilliant. Thank you for, for your time today. Thank you for having me. I hope it was uh, useful. Very, very useful. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Ian. Thanks. I really do want to take the water after that amazing chat with Boat International. Here are their top 10 hits of inspiration. One, getting a group of people together who are really passionate about the same thing is really quite powerful and can make a big impact. Two, get inspired by Charlotte's story about the quick thinking captain who offered to entertain his pirate visitors. Three, get inspired by the yacht guy taking up social media on what he's passionate about and finding 800,000 followers. Four, 
wow, there is currently a shortage of yacht crew and there's a big opportunity to join the industry. And it's an industry where you can climb to your dream career with a bit of hard work. Five, get inspired how many different ways there are to appreciate the ocean. Six, artisan craft work is still alive and nurtured by the soup yacht industry where clients are prepared to set aside the time and the money to allow something beautiful to be created. Seven, get inspired by digging deeper on a particular inspiring story like Boat International and Shaladu to see if there's something more meaningful and exciting there. Eight, in your designs, why not go for the boldest concept of your particular style like the most successful superior designers are doing? Nine, a hybrid seawater powered yacht. That's amazing, crazy amazing. 10, it's inspiring how boat owners can seemingly make the impossible happen by working the problem to make dreams a reality. 11. Get inspired by how close into breathtaking nature you might be able to get on your super yacht. And finally, 12. Get inspired by just getting started with a small yacht. Thanks, Boat International, for your beautiful contribution today. And we've launched our Patreon supporters group. Head over to the Patreon link in the show notes to find video versions of some of our podcasts and the Secrets to Success bonus section that our some of our guests have kindly given us. See you there. Thanks for continuing to follow us on this growing journey of inspiration and inclusion. I really appreciate your company. Go leave us a review on iTunes if you feel some inspiration from today. And of course, I'd love you to share us. If you want to get in touch, our email address is in the show notes, together with links from today's episode. Watch out for next week's episode, where we'll be speaking to David Roberts, who believes how and why we do things in business are of utmost importance. He's the managing director of New Float Underfloor Heating and Renewables. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music. 